Welcome to NER Out Loud, the official podcast of the New England Review. I'm your host, Simone Edgar Holmes, a New England Review intern and senior at Middlebury College. I'm recording at my home in Charlotte, Vermont, a mere 40-minute drive from NER's headquarters in Middlebury. For this episode, I'm excited to share four poems from the summer 2020 issue of NER. They are all from our feature of 15 contemporary British poets, which also includes George Surtees' poem, English Rain, read in our previous episode. Each of these four pieces describes a particular process, providing instructions as wide-ranging as how to fly fish for trout, clean oneself in the forest, decide what dress to wear, or how to build a chair. The poems begin simply, but as they continue to outline each undertaking, they reveal more and more of what each procedure truly involves. They are all read by their authors, recorded in their bedrooms, gardens, and writing rooms in South London, Brighton, Derbyshire, and Sussex, UK. Our first poet references a primer of fly fishing by Robert Haig Brown to accurately describe proper fishing techniques while simultaneously considering the lessons young boys can learn from nature. This is Elegy by Shazia Qureshi. For a boy of eight or ten, the worm can be a great teacher, especially a strong, healthy creature, kept in damp moss to clean and harden his skin. Such a worm, hard, bright, and brilliantly red, should be fished on a number ten or eight offset hook, or even a six. Any limber pole with a length of line from the tip will do, but an old, soft fly rod with a simple reel and ten-pound monofilament is best. So equipped, a boy can go to any trout water in spring and early summer, when the water is high, cast his worm in, and let the current carry it to the likely spots. Some places are good for big fish, some for small fish, and some are a waste of time. There is a difference between the feel of the lake or riverbed and the feel of a fish mouthing the worm. There is a way of raising the rod tip firmly to strike the hook into the fish without breaking the leader. There is a right moment for this, and a wrong moment. One must be quicker with a little fish than a big one. The testing time, and the real learning time, is in summer and fall, when the water is low and clear. Best now to work upstream. Approaching the fish from behind, keeping the head low and the rod low, stalking the fish rather than searching, sneaking up on the likely places. The cast is a delicate sidearm swing that slides the worm forward through the air, drawing coils of loose line from the left hand, and plops it in at the head of the run. It comes drifting back. The line is slowly and carefully recovered through the rings of the rod, keeping pace but never pulling on the worm. Suddenly, the line stops, holds against the current, and the fish is there. 
The time will come when the boy is ready to fish a fly, and the worm has little more to teach him. Mountain lakes or lowland lakes, rushing streams or quiet meadow streams, tidal estuaries or saltwater shallows, all have their charms and moods. Spring, summer and fall, the fly fisherman moves quietly through them, disturbing little, seeing much. That was Shazia Qureshi reading her poem, Elegy. Shazia is a Pakistani-born poet and translator based in London. Her poems have appeared in UK and US publications, including The Guardian, Poetry Review, Plowshares, and numerous anthologies. Her books include The Art of Scratching and The Courtesan's Reply, which she is adapting as a play. She teaches with the Poetry School and Translators in Schools, and is an artist-in-residence with living words. Our next poem continues the themes of childhood, narrating a young girl's thoughts as she wanders through a forest and grapples with the burdens she must carry. My name is Sunny Sanabaratne. I'll be reading the poem, A Girl in the Woods. I make myself clean in the forest. I brush my arms over the ferns. It's better when it rains and the forest is sighing with damp. It holds water like a sacrifice. I give it blood. It holds blood. The trees give me their silence, always there under the moon. I walk in the forest until my lungs ache. I walk fast up bouldered paths. I lose the way. It's better like that, losing your way. No hope of being found. There's nothing to lie in the dark waiting for, biting your lip. Nothing to wait for and want, so it's over and done with. Nothing to be blamed for. You don't have to be clean or worry how you look. You can get clean there. You can lean against the bark of a tree and make yourself clean. No one sees. Muddy girl in the woods painting it red. And leaves make good bandages. You fix them like a bracelet. Fix them. Fix everything. No one ever needs to know. You've just heard Seni Senovratne read her poem, A Girl in the Woods, published in the online edition of NER 41.2 and available on our website, nereview.com. Seni is of English and Sri Lankan heritage and was born and raised in Leeds. She has written three poetry collections, and her poem, Operation Cast Lead, was shortlisted in the Avron International Poetry Competition in 2010. She is a fellow of the Complete Works Program for Diversity and Equality in British Poetry and has collaborated with filmmakers, visual artists, musicians, and digital artists. She lives in Derbyshire and works as a freelance writer. 
Our next poet carries Seni's exploration of the responsibilities of girlhood through into womanhood, specifically that of English women, using fabric as a metaphor to comment on history, identity, and consequences. Hello, I'm Naomi Foyle, speaking to you from Brighton, UK. I'm going to read a poem called Made from Fibres Not Readily Penetrated. It's a hyben, which as many of you will know, is a Japanese form that combines prose poetry and haiku. I wrote it last year in response to an exercise set in an eco-poetry workshop, Fabrication, Slip Back to Source, dreamed and devised by Kay Syrag and Claire Whistler, also known as Kind and Kind, to whom many thanks. Made from fibres not readily penetrated. We had to decide how to dress, weighing in the balance the searing heat and politeness to our hosts. Some chose to pack light, go bare-armed, risking the glares of the sun and old women. Others trawled the high street, fingering linen, the obvious choice, to mark us as another kind of Englishwoman. Those who remain pale beneath ivory, khaki and sepia sheaths, our skin creased like out-of-date maps to an oasis we could never reach on our own. A blue field, wind-wrinkled, sky-clad. Retting the histories of borders drawn with a ruler, canals and peninsulas seized, villages winnowed and shtetls heckled, blankets infected, tongues uprooted, generations threshed. We reap the bitter dew of voices wrung from outlawed clouds. A rusted key, a lace handkerchief left on a line. That was Made from Fibres Not Readily Penetrated, written and read by Naomi Foyle. Naomi is a British-Canadian poet, novelist, and essayist. Her poetry publications include The Night Pavilion, a Poetry Book Society recommendation, and Adamantine. She also edited the bilingual anthology A Blade of Grass, New Palestinian Poetry. The author of five science fiction novels, she is currently adapting her eco-sci-fi quartet, The Gaia Chronicles, for puppet theater. She lives in Brighton and teaches at the University of Chichester. Our final poem was inspired by a revolutionary object the first mass-produced piece of furniture in Europe, the Bentwood chair. While illustrating the worksmanship required to produce this simple wooden chair, the author also considers its impact on the environment and the people it touched throughout history. Hello, my name is Sasha Dugdale, and I'm reading a poem 
called Chair Number 14. Part 1 Cut thin strips of wood, beech, from the arboreous cathedrals that glow like fire in the heart of the continent, Austro-Hungary, Germany, the Russian Empire, dry cathedrals crackling with beech nuts underfoot, rust cathedrals whistling in autumn under a snow sky. Cut the strips along the grain, boil them in vats of glue. Layer them, strip to strip, one against the next, until they make a new thing. Not wood, but the sum of its parts. Wood, but not behaving like wood. A joiner handles the timber, hand bends it over the metal strap, feels it bend in his hands over the metal strap, supporting its tension face. He is skilled in this intimate work. Bend too far and the wood will split. Not far enough and the delicate curve of its pram-handled back won't meet the ring of its raffia waist. His child is light. He lifts it high to inspect it. Part 2 So light this chair, this child of chairs, stacking into towers where the café tiles are swabbed, makes that canteen scrape, that machine-breaking squeal as the burghers of Europe draw themselves closer to the table, one hand between their legs, or two hands gripping the ring at their sides, lowering themselves anxiously, something untrustworthy beneath them, light as an umbrella, a veneered walking cane, a child's hoop holding them up, their pleated backsides, their flattening thighs make craters of raffia. This little frame and match girl's bones between them and the floor. Here you are, sir, your strudel and cream, madame, your torta. A thin student sipping at coffee, a liveried servant carrying boxes, a governess writing her postcards, a girl clutching a chair back and smiling. A boy looks up and sees her there, and she's falling, falling. A thousand silent bentwood chairs, witness chairs, disposable chairs, their brittle bones upturned on barricades, their old-world curls barely distinguishable in the morning rubble. That was Sasha Dugdale reading her poem, Chair Number 14. Sasha has published four collections of poems with Carcanet, most recently Joy, a PBS choice. The title poem won the Forward Prize for Best Single Poem in 2016. She is a Russian translator, former editor of Modern Poetry and Translation, and poet-in-residence at St. John's College, Cambridge. All of the poems you've heard in this episode are available on the NER website, nereview.com, published as part of the Contemporary British Poets feature, guest edited by Marilyn Hacker. If you want to hear more about the writing you heard today, 
head to our website, nereview.com, where you can find author interviews, events, and more. We're also on Twitter. Check us out at nerweb. And if you like what you heard, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts to help more people find the show. The NER Out Loud podcast is produced by the New England Review in association with Middlebury College. Our original theme music is by Thomas Wentworth. All other music was provided by Blue Dot Sessions. This episode was edited and produced by me, Simone Edgar Holmes, Middlebury College class of 2020.5. If you have a favorite piece from the magazine you would like to hear read out loud, email us at nereview at middlebury.edu. And while you're at it, share this episode with your family and friends. I'm Simone Edgar Holmes, and you've been listening to NER Out Loud, the official podcast of the New England Review. Thank you for listening.